0: Welcome to the Empowered Homes Podcast. Our hope is that this podcast is a resource to connect church and home by growing strong families. Hey, this is Bobby. On today's episode, we have a special guest on the phone. Mark Gregston's with us, and Mark is one of my heroes, flat out one of my heroes. He has been working with teenagers for 40 plus years and doing some incredible work, but not just any teenagers. He is working with the teenagers in crisis. Um, Mark and his wife about 30 years ago started a Christian boarding school to help parents and their teens get back on track. And just love this man and his heart. Um, we're going to be talking about um, what do you do if your teenager is in crisis, answering that question, and then what, what are steps that we take as parents, and how do we know if our kid's in crisis? And It's just an incredible uh, interview and, and conversation about these things. If you want more information, you can find links attached to this podcast as well as going to empoweredhomes.org. Today's topic is a tough one. We're going to be talking about teenagers in crisis today, and we have a special guest uh, on the phone with us, Mark Gregson. Mark is uh, the director of the Heartlight uh, Ministries. It's an incredible ministry out in East Texas where they help... um, kids in crisis, teenagers in crisis, but not only the, the kids, but also their parents. Um, and he also has a website, parentingtodaysteens.org with a ton of great resources and a podcast. So, Without further ado, Mark, welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here with
0: you. Mark, we, we are so thankful that you're giving us some time to, to talk about this topic. I know we live in uh, a culture that teenagers you know, just feel like there's so much pressure and so much on them. And... Um, you know, I've, I've dealt with parents and I know you do all the time is dealing with parents who feel like their, their teen is in crisis. And so I want to talk about that, um, with you today. And then, uh, but before we do that, just tell if, if someone's listening, they've never heard Mark Gregston. Um, who are you, man? What, what Tell, <laughs> yeah, me, tell yeah. me your story.
1: You know, I, um, I live in East Texas and I was born in West Texas and, and, um, you know, to make it short, I've. I started working with a group called Young Life when I was 19, and um, uh, my soon-to-be bride and I did. We dated all through high school and and uh, uh, did the Young Life thing. Somebody approached me while we were in college and said, do you want to work for us? We're a church, and I said, I'll never work for a church, and they said, I'll pay for your schooling at Tulsa University and... I said I'll take the job and, and uh so I worked for this church for seven years and um as a youth pastor and college guy and just a, a little bit of everything within the church and it worked out well and and but really what I found was that that my heart was really for kids that were still struggling a bit. And so all during that time and all through the years that I did Young Life and and uh the the church segment of my life. We had kids living with us, just those kids that were struggling, having a tough time. Um, And so, my heart was always for them. And so, we moved to Branson, Missouri, lived at Canica Camp, a sports camp, Mm -hmm. where we lived with kids who were struggling. And I was an area director for Young Life and then left that 32 years ago. And we have a place called Heartlight. It's a residential counseling center that my wife and I started. We have um, 60... High school kids that live here with us that come from all over the country, and we now have had over 3,000 kids live with us through the years. And so, um, I now spend my time uh, traveling 200 nights a year doing parenting and grandparenting seminars across the country. And we have a nationally syndicated radio program and written a bunch of books and developed a lot of, you know, curriculums for. Parents of middle schoolers and high schoolers and grandparents just to just to help parents kind of engage with their kids and in particular would be, you know, my heartbeat, uh, which is those kids that are in crisis. How do we handle them and how do we get them to a better spot in their life?
0: Man, incredible! And so early on, you realized that your heart was for those those kids who are struggling, and you just in your consistency and your, your pursuit of that calling I man God has used you. Uh, I know personally in the lives of, of students uh, that I know, and just so thankful for your ministry, wow. thankful for, for all of that. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned parenting today's org. Uh, is there a way that if someone's listening before they listen any more to what we're going to talk about, they, they're already connected with, with what you're saying about Heartlight. Is there a way someone could reach out and under, like, get more information on, on Heartlight?
1: Yeah, they can at heartlightministries.org. I, you know, we don't advertise Heartlight a whole lot because we only have 60 spots, and and so it's we're always full of kids, and, and we get about 100 calls a week of people who want to place their kids with us, mm-hmm. and so it becomes somewhat difficult. But yeah. uh, And that's where I decided instead of expanding Heartlight, I would— Spend more time trying to help people not have to send their child to come live with us, and um, and so it's heartlight dot org, and then for radio and resources and all the other, it's uh, parenting today's teens. But you can go to either one and find the other wow. pretty easily. Wow, well,
0: man, thank thank you so much again for your time. As we jump into this topic, you know it's not an an easy one, and I just want us to be sensitive to those parents who, who may be hearing this of going, man, this is my, this is my kid. I, I'm freaking mm, out. And, yeah. Um, so when we say crisis, a teenager that's in crisis, so what do you mean by that? Like what is, like when you, when, when you talk to parents and other people, like what does that mean that you, there's a teenager in crisis?
1: Well, I th- you know, I, I think we have a culture that's in crisis a little bit and I, and that crisis, you know, I would define it as, the way that, that we wanted it to turn out, it's not. And and uh, so a kid in crisis is that they're not living up to what they uh, have wanted or their parents have wanted, and now a conflict has been created that it's dividing the relationship. And, and really the litmus test that, that I always give it is six months from now, where's your child going to be? Are they going to be better off or worse off? And so, if they're going to be worse off by their behavior and and their choices that they're making, then what that means is, that, and we're in crisis. Mm. <clears throat> this is not going to go well. It's not going to get any better, because uh, usually what happens is parents have expended and used just about every tool they have in their parenting toolbox, and now they're ready to throw their hands up in the air and say, "I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Uh, my child is getting lost. I'm frustrated." You know, dads have a tendency to go. I'm just going to walk away, and moms have a tendency to feel I'm all alone and nobody knows the pain we're going through. And and so it's to that that's what I would call crisis. That wow. that when it becomes a family crisis, is these relationships are going to be lost and and um, may never be preserved if if somebody doesn't intervene and help and give some guidance and direction. Wow.
0: And I know so many families who, who, you know, have been in the middle of this and, and they don't know what to do. They're at their wits end and, and yeah. they just, they, yeah. they, they, they feel lost. Um, and then you start to point fingers. Um, I, I see a lot of parents like it's this, it's this reason, or it's this reason or it's yeah. this reason, yeah. you know, thinking about that before we get into any, any other reasons, like you mentioned culture, like, you know, what are the biggest influences in today's culture that are affecting teens that you've seen, Some maybe some trends, some different things that uh, could give us some insight?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think the way that kids communicate is far different than it even was 10 years ago. <laughs> the way they spend their time socially is different. The way they inter- interact um, relationally, it's a, it's a completely different world. And I think what happens is because, there's been this major shift in the way that that kids um, engage and and flourish and and pursue life. I mean, it, I mean and everybody sees that. I mean, everybody spends time. I mean, no matter where I am, I, I mean, I travel the country, and everybody's on their phone constantly. And yep. and the problem isn't the phone. The problem is that because I'm not spending time engaging with people. You know, and I'm staring at the phone, I'm missing out on something that, that God has really created us for, and that's relationship. It's relationship with one another. Because I, I think God has created us as relational beings. And what's happening is our kids are becoming desperate because they don't have the depth of relationship in their life that that they long for, that they hope for. And so then now the culture becomes a little bit different because curiosity takes over, the connection point of it, anxiety because I I can't accomplish and I can't get to a point in life where I where I want to go, and I and I think depression are are those things that that kind of um, move them in, in in another direction, and so I would say those are the things that wow. that are probably some of those greatest influencers that are moving uh, people that that are moving kids to a to another. I don't know. You know, another arena that um, where they're lost. I mean, parents feel lost, but you know what? Kids are lost. They're not. Out of all the kids that I've dealt with, they're not. They're not rebellious kids. Mm. Um, They're not kids that are going. I hate you, mom and dad. I can't stand you. They are kids who who have just said, "I am. I am lost. I don't know where to go." And I think when we begin to understand that kids are lost rather than being rebellious, then it changes our approach a little bit.
2: Mm.
1: A kid does not want to not have a relationship with his parents. They don't want to be bitter towards mom and dad. They don't, you know, really uh, want to disengage all the time. They just don't know how to have a relationship because they don't live in a relationship world anymore. Wow. And I think so. When 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 they make poor choices, which is really if if all behavior is goal oriented, when they make poor choices to try to fill the voids in their life that are created by these lack of relationships with people, then then we look at it that they're being rebellious. And they, it looks like that, but it's not that. Yeah. See, the be, behavior is that is that visible expression of the invisible issues that are going on in the life of a child. And I'm not so sure they know what those are, but when a parent begins to understand that there's other influences that are happening, um, you know, that's, that's when they, they can change their approach and go, okay, it's, it's different. It's not going to, it's not going to work the way that I want it to. So I've got to engage differently with my child as well.
0: Wow. And the, you know, the, the technology and the communication and, and all of those things, you know, I, I'm just thinking out loud here, and I, you you may disagree yeah. with this, but it, as you're talking, all I can think of is that parent who is frustrated because their child isn't meeting expectations, but they've never clearly explained the expectations. Do you see that at all?
1: Yeah, you know, I I have, but I think what's happening it, it's like it's like it's real hard to focus on on schoolwork. When the pain in my heart is so great, because of a void that's been created by a culture that mm. that that doesn't meet my need, Me- meaning this that, wow. that that I don't think about grades when I'm if I've been created for relationships and I don't have those, then it's very hard to think about academics when I'm longing to have my heart filled with relationships with others, and and mm. I think that's where that's where we miss it sometimes so when we focus in on grades then then a child begins to think that we think that grades are more important than their heart wow. and and if we do that that's where the great disconnect begins to happen and 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 kids don't really know that I mean they don't really know that that there's um, that my parents are you know disconnected from me they just know they don't have the relationship there either so they kind of they set out in this world, and that's why they can't get their phones. It's, it's, yeah. They can't let them go. They can't put them down because that's their connection to the to, to what they've been made for. And and if somebody's going, well, man, he just thinks that phones are are the, you know, are the thing that every kid needs. That's not what I'm saying. What I what what I'm saying is the relationship is what yeah. kids need. It's a relationship void, and and there is a part where. There's a God-shaped vacuum that God can fill in the life of a child, but there's also the, the need to have relationship with other people. And when that doesn't happen, then we do bizarre things. Mm. You know, and that's where you see kids sending pictures they shouldn't be sending out, uh, saying things they shouldn't be saying, cussing, li- living almost a double life. There's a life in, in reality and then a life online. And, and parents are going, I've got my, my kids messing up. and Not really. They're trying to relate. They're trying yeah. to engage. So I, so I think it becomes important to understand. And once you have that understanding, then you won't stumble so much when your child makes mistakes. And your sleep will be a little bit sweeter <laughs> knowing that that all kids are going through this. But it also makes it... a a perfect opportunity for me to say, you know what? I need to be filling a relational void in the life of my child. So the relationship that you have with the child now becomes the most important thing.
0: Yeah, man, that is, you know, thinking about all the other, you know, variables in a, a teenager's life, those relationships. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I've seen in, in teenagers with cri- in, going through crisis, but also talking with parents with teen, like, what about the friends? You know, a lot of times I will talk to parents like, well, they just need to stop hanging out with this friend group. This friend group is what's what's bringing them down. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that, but can oh you, yeah, can you yeah. speak into to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, any friend group that they're reaching out to is an attempt to fill that relational void. You know, and and so, and and here's the other thing, they're going to go to people that they feel comfortable with, and, you know, if if I have this antiquated view that my kids need to be perfect, and I'm going to create a perfect lifestyle and a perfect home, I'm going to demand perfection, and I'm quoting Matthew five forty eight 48, it says, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and I'm just demanding perfection they're going to move toward somewhere else where there's imperfect people. Because I, I don't like being around perfect people, and neither does your child. And your child is struggling and having a tough time, and they don't have it together, and, it's, and they're disheveled somewhat. Well, it's okay to wrestle through issues. And so if you're demanding perfection when they feel very imperfect, that's why they're moving toward these in, other imperfect kids. Mm. that are just as much in need of 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 you know a a direction and motivation as your child is but that's where these birds of a feather flock together using an old saying just because they're they're trying to meet each other's needs but there's a comfort level in that that when i'm with these kids i feel i can be myself Mm. and and that's the environment that's where it switched a little bit the Every one of us has said, I'm glad I don't have to grow up in this culture. Well, our kids do. And so what that means is I've got to change the, the nature of my home to create a place of rest. Just like Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. You'll find rest for your soul, not the demand for perfection or always correcting, telling them what they're doing wrong and how they need to do it different, but a place of rest that 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 i can build the relationship because kids change because of relationship they don't change because of rules and yeah. chores and all the other things it's because of a relationship
0: man i i love your heart behind that of, if it all comes back to that relationship and healthy relationships and yeah you know i'm thinking of the parent listening going you know i feel like my kid is 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 in crisis um what, what are some things to look for in your kid that you see? Maybe a parent is just doesn't know what's going on and maybe that parent might think their kid's in crisis, but they're not really, you know, yeah. what, what are, what are some things that parents can like uh, visibly or they can hear from their kids? What are some, some,
1: Oh yeah. Some, yeah. Some, you know, some, if I mean, your kid, if your child begins to hate things they once love and love things they once hated, if, if their grades begin to slip and you see a major fall, if it's a change of friends, if they're having a tough time getting out of bed in the morning, if, you know, if, if there's just a darkness about them, if, if they move into a world of silence where they'd rather disengage, if they're no longer entertained. I mean, I think wow. those are all signs of a child that is struggling and, and is about ready to give up if they don't, um, get some help along the way. And so those signs are there, but but it's, it's just like all of us. If we don't know, I mean, there's many times that people get depressed, but they don't know why they're depressed. They just know that they feel that way. Mm. And and so a child's not going to identify those things. And so when you go to a child and say, well, why do you feel this way? They don't know. Wow. They, I mean, they just feel that way. And as parents, we ought to be able to look at that and say, okay, I've got to engage differently. And what I found is that is that when we go to our kids who are struggling we know they're struggling the first thing i do is make sure that a that a child knows and this is a you know a, a preteen teen and even post teen years is i i let them know that things that maybe i've done wrong or haven't gotten right or have missed their heart with or anything that where it's about me instead of looking at the the speck in somebody else's, I need to look at the log in my own eye and say, so what is it about me that is keeping the relationship from happening? And whatever your child would say, because I would text them that question and ask, you know, then it's saying, you know what, I, I know I've missed your heart. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing wow. is setting up the opportunity for a relationship to happen. And you're saying, I'm sorry, I've missed you. I, I, I've been too strong here. I haven't created a place of rest. I know I nag you too much. Wow. You know, I know I talk too much. I know I'm always trying to fix you. you know, I'm always trying to have you meet an expectation. I'm always you know, when you admit those things, it changes the nature of a relationship with a child where they feel like they can come towards you and be normal so you can have conversation and have the opportunity to speak truth into their life as they're going through this period this crazy period called adolescence.
0: Yeah. And the humility it takes from a parent to even say those things. And yeah. a lot of times with parents, we, we think, you know, that's weakness or, you know, I'm, I'm the parent in this situation. So I've got to put up this front. But the reality is that your kids need you to be vulnerable. They need you to be honest. They need you to be humble. Uh, and one of the things I tell parents all the time is every relationship in our life is co-created. You know, I, I can't have a relationship with the brick wall because it's just me. You know, I've got to have, it's, there's give and take. So, in this co created relationship, if there's dysfunction, what side am I bringing the dis? Like, what, what part am I playing in the dysfunction here? And so, evaluating that and, and seeing that this thing is not just one sided, it is co created. And for us to go to our teenagers, that right there is countercultural. Everything in in our culture says that the parents have to have all the answers. They're right, the kids are wrong, do as I say, not as I do, but for us to to really humble ourselves before our kids, especially in the middle of crisis, that is huge, man. That is uh, I mean, my eyes are open as you're talking of like, yes, that is it. Uh, we have to we have to be honest in our relationship with them. And so that parent as you know, see the signs and symptoms, see some of this going on. You, you kind of told us about some, some ways to, to communicate and um, talk about ourselves first, but what are some other things parents can do? Maybe they they, have a kid they're listening they have a kid that they know is at home right now that, and I feel like they are, they check all the boxes. They're in crisis. Like, what do I do right now? Or what do I do when I get home? Like, what would you tell that, that parent?
1: You know, I, I, you know, the, the first thing is, is letting a child know this. And I, I, I it, it's saying to them, and it may be tonight that you just say, hey, I need to tell you something. I want you to know there's nothing you can do to make me love you more. Mm. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you less. That's good. I just want you to know that. And, and what that does is set things up where now we're not talking about behavior. Most of us as parents always want to control our child's behavior. You know, it, it, and so what we do, when we do, when we take control, well, they're no longer in control because we are. So we're not teaching them how to take control of their life and, and, you know, we want them to be making decisions. We want them to flex their decision making muscles so it gets stronger and stronger so they can make good decisions later on in life. And so what that means is that, is at the beginning of it, I, I, I need to be able to engage with them and let them know that, this isn't about your behavior. I can love you if you hate me. I can love you if you don't love Jesus. I can I can love you if you flunk out of school. I want you to know that has nothing to do with it. But I want to help get you to a place where you want to end up. And so if school's a part of that, I want to help you with that. But I'm I'm not going to do it for you. Mm. But I you got to let consequences have their full effect on the life of a child while you focus on the relationship. And so it it just means that I start to engage differently and say, I want you to know that I I don't I'm not putting expectations on you. I I want you to do well, and I'll help you do well. But this is your deal; it's not mine. And somebody says, "Well, Mark, you're almost you're setting them up to fail." You know, I'd rather have a child fail something during the time that they're living with me than to fail later when nobody's around them
2: wow. that can speak yeah.
1: truth into their lives. And so I want them to fail now. I mean I I want every possible thing to happen now so that so that there is the opportunity to speak truth and and share wisdom with them. And 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 I think that that uh, instead of always correcting their behavior, it's it's having them learn from their behavior and then I speak to them about how to how do we engage differently with this to help you get to a good spot? but it but but it, it it's all rooted in this idea that, that 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 the behavior is that visible expression of invisible issues and mm-hmm. so what i need to get to more than anything else is the issues of their heart it's not just controlling behavior it's saying uh, we're going to set up some rules at home about behavior and i'm going to look at you and and say how do we build our relationship but the other thing that i'm going to do that is huge is that i'm going to make sure we're talking about the issues of your heart, and, and whatever those issues are, we're going to get help for it. Mm. And that may be going to counseling, that may be meeting with somebody, a youth pastor, a, you know, it, it, it whatever it takes, we're going to get help to deal with those issues that are there. Because the behavior is an expression of those issues. Because oh, wow. if all behaviors goal oriented, they're trying to fill those voids. So I think it's just getting in the mindset and realizing that A child doesn't want to be messed up. They don't want to be in crisis. They just don't know how to get out of the hole that I think sometimes the culture has put them in. And instead of being an adversary, I want to be somebody that walks alongside them and Mm. says, I'll help you get out of that hole, and we'll get to a better place.
0: Yeah, so good so so good of, of going after and pursuing our child's heart not the mm-hmm. behavior but their heart and you said yeah. you know that hole we 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 talk about sometimes we get in pits and a lot of times our kids are in a pit and we as parents are, are looking down above them on the ground and we're yelling get out of the pit come on you can do this and sometimes parents we need to get in the pit with them and help them and mm-hmm. man thank you so much for your time today and uh, if, oh, if, yeah. if if there's a, a parent, and I know you know your teen or child is struggling or is in crisis, and a lot of times as parents we feel the guilt and the shame that we failed or we're not doing something, or uh, just we 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 hold on to that, and sometimes that's not a healthy thing because we're so worried about what other people think. About us and our kids, that we we're not pursuing their heart. We need to shift our focus. And so, parents, if you're listening, yeah. be encouraged, uh, but also be challenged to to pursue their heart and help your kids um, get their heart right. And uh, whatever yeah. that looks like, whatever that means, um, uh, we wanna we wanna help with you. So, Mark, um, thank you so so much. Uh, You bet. bet. And if if you're listening and you want more information, you can always go to uh, his website, parentingtodaysteens.org. You can listen and uh, hear um, so many more great resources as well as empoweredhomes.org. Mark, thank you so much. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Homes Podcast. For more content and information to connect church and home, please
2: visit empoweredhomes.org.